Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. As we reflect on a couple of very important dates, one can't help but think about a singular Detroit church. As the 1967 rebellion happens, Clegg transforms his central congregational church into the Shrine of the Black Madonna. It creates a political arm called the Black Slate. Is the Shrine of the Black Madonna a church or the gateway to power? Or is it both? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Two huge events are bookending this first week of summer. Monday was Juneteenth, a day that celebrates the emancipation of the last enslaved black Americans. And on Friday, Detroiters will commemorate the 60th anniversary of the Detroit Walk to Freedom, where the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech for the first time. So I begin to think about what it means to be free. That's not something I can explain. But it brought me back to the civil rights movement in Detroit. And for a lot of people, that started in the church. In the African-American experience, as it relates to the fight for social and economic dignity in our country, the church has been at the forefront and, and really always has been throughout American history. And the Detroit, that is very much been part of the church. It's been very much part of efforts to advance the lot in life for African-American people. And the Shrine of the Black Madonna was certainly part of that. But there were many predecessors before that, going all the way back to 1836, when the Second Baptist Church was formed. And so the church uh, has been very important. That right there was the familiar voice of Detroit journalist and historian Ken Coleman. Detroit was and still is today home to many pioneering churches. Go back to the 1960s, like the New Bethel Baptist Church, led by Aretha Franklin's father, the Reverend C.L. Franklin. But in the late 1960s, one church began to change radically, the Pilgrim Congregational Church, which would become the Shrine of the Black Madonna. The Shrine of the Black Madonna is a church that was established under the political auspices of Pan-African Orthodox Christian Church. In shorthand, what that meant, at least to African-Americans in Detroit, it was a church that was birthed out of the Black Power Movement. When civil unrest happens in Detroit, um, the Shrine of the Black Madonna becomes really one of the leading churches that advocated Black Power, self-help, and a sort of civil rights movement 2.0, if you will. As we all know, the 1960s was an extremely volatile time across the country 
and certainly right here in Detroit, punctuated by the 1967 rebellion. That was something that motivated the Shrine of the Black Madonna's founder, the Reverend Albert Clegg. As African-Americans in Detroit suffered through challenging times with the Detroit Police Department that was largely white, as they watched on their television and heard on their radio the civil unrest that was going on in the South, dogs being sicked on African-Americans just seeking the right to vote. Clegg became more strident, and as the 1967 rebellion happens in Detroit, Clegg transforms his central congregational church, a middle-class Elite church, morphs into the Shrine of the Black Madonna, an institution that creates its own sort of self-stability and that it raises funds to start African-American farms in the South. It starts sister churches in Atlanta and in Houston, Texas. It creates a political arm called the Black Slate that helped to deliver the mayoralty for Coleman A. Young in 1973. If you study Detroit history at all, the name Albert Clegg is easily recognizable as a civil rights leader in the city. But that doesn't mean he didn't come with controversy, even at times, in his own community. Obviously, you can't talk about the Shrine mm-hmm. of the Black Madonna without him, and you really can't talk about civil rights in Detroit without Albert Clegg. How would you describe him? Even though he was very popular, there was also a lot of people that didn't agree with the way he did things, too. Albert Clegg Jr. was strident, um, very much consistent. That level of intensity in terms of his program, if you will, often rubbed people the wrong way, blacks, whites, and others. Clegg, throughout the 50s and 60s, was on the forefront of progressive politics, sometimes fighting for civil rights ahead of organizations like the NAACP or the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Clegg, at times, was controversial. But here's the thing. Though many thought Clegg to be a radical figure, it didn't stop him from working with the more mainstream leaders in the movement. At times, Clegg worked with mainstream leaders to carry out civil rights activities like the 1963 Walk to Freedom. He and the Reverend C.L. Franklin, Benjamin McFall, a major um, funeral home owner in Detroit, were three of the principal leaders that carried out the 1963 Walk to Freedom that we are all paying attention to at this time as it comes up on its 60th anniversary. Clegg was there and was a major organizer. He was unapologetically black. Interestingly enough, his skin color was very light. Oftentimes, he wasn't mistaken for being white, but it certainly added to the sort of unique nature of Clegg. And as a researcher and a historian, I find Clegg fascinating. Clegg was known as fighting for the working class in Detroit, right? Well, that was actually a pivot point for the reverend who grew up with a powerful father. The interesting story about Albert Clegg, one of his first positions as an assistant minister after he was ordained was at a church called Plymouth Congregational Church. His church still operates today. Certainly when he was an assistant minister there, 
it was an African-American church, but it was a sort of middle-class African-American church. We in the Black community used to call churches like Plymouth Congregational elite churches, meaning they were sort of at the elite of Black activity in their community. Clegg, interestingly enough, his father, going way back into the 19-teens and 20s, was a major leader in Detroit. He was a physician, Albert Clegg Sr. was. He worked on the mayor's staff in the 1920s. Remember that earlier we talked about what it meant to be free. Ken mentioned the black slate earlier and how the political arm of the Shrine of the Black Madonna helped elect Coleman Young mayor of Detroit. But that's not where it stopped. That's just where it started. The Wayne County executive is a nephew of Albert Clegg. The late Bob Rose Collins, the member of the U.S. House of Representatives, was a member of the Shrine of the Black Madonna. She probably does not get elected to any office without the Black Slate's support. You could say the same thing for Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick. And of course, Kwame Kilpatrick, the former mayor, grew up in the Shrine of the Black Madonna. When Bernard too, right? I mean, he was very powerful. His father, Bernard Kilpatrick, definitely was a member of the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Uh, Bernard Kilpatrick and Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick were both members of the Shrine of the Black Madonna at an early age. I can't say that they met there. I don't know where they actually formally met, but they were certainly members. And their experience through the Shrine of the Black Madonna, certainly I know in the case of Bernard Kilpatrick with the Black Slate, those experiences for the Kilpatricks helped to set the bedrock for their political careers. One of the most interesting things about the Shrine is that it used to have an apartment complex where members lived, which isn't standard in the Christian faith. Did that create any insular activity? I mean, I know that was part of the point. I don't want to be ignorant that I know that the insular nature was for self-progress. I wonder what kind of environment that created. Well, it, it certainly created an environment, you know, particularly in the late 1960s and early 1970s of a community that was galvanized toward reaching its goals. And, and lots of them included civil rights gains and economic gains and social gains within the city of Detroit proper. Now, yeah, I mean, clearly there were some that regarded the Shrine of the Black Madonna as a closed society. Uh, some people thought it was a separatist society. But there are others who felt like it was a community led by Clegg where black people could achieve gains at a time when they felt that white-led institutions had their foot on the neck of black people. As we reflect on the Juneteenth holiday and look ahead to the anniversary of the Detroit Walk to Freedom, let us remember folks like the Reverend Albert Clegg, who challenged the status quo to improve the lives of black Detroiters to not only help give them freedom, but also equity in their city. Today's big thanks go out to Ken Coleman for helping guide this story. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want the Daily J delivered right to you? Text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.